And we are live with Living the Guide Life today. Um, nothing much going on. We're just kind of hanging out, enjoying the summer heat, finally getting some rain down here in Mankato. That's good. Fields are starting to look good for early goose. Lots of wheat, lots of sweet corn, oats, barley. Um, it's going to be a fun time this year, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, weekend, I'm actually up in Fargo. Going to be helping the smacking boys out move, and we're just kind of BSing around up here. Um, so that'll be a good time. And yeah, nothing really, nothing too exciting going on right now. Go to Montana in a week, and uh, that'll be a blast. Super excited about that. Get some fishing content out there for you guys, and uh, be a really good time. But today, we are brought to you by Chasing Fowl Outfitters. Let me know on if you want to get in on a hunt because we are closing the books off pretty quick here. Lots of uh, lots of times, only a few spots left for early season, so make sure to get ahead the schedule and lock that down because once game fair hits, we're going to be booked up. Um, so just get ahead and get that done with everything. Uh, we're also brought to you by Bourbon Media. I'm going to give them a quick second here. If you're a small business owner in the outdoor industry, we get it. The words digital marketing can be intimidating. You're a grunt work, sweat it out, bust your chops kind of person who's addicted to progress and put all of your time and energy into operating your business. We at Bourbon Media can help you push it even further. We're digital marketing experts. I'm talking web development, content creation, social media management, SEO, paid advertising, the whole nine yards. And as fellow outdoorsmen, we know the industry. Keep your business up to date and expand your reach with digital marketing that is directed at your core market. We are Bourbon Media. Cheers to progression. And that's it for Bourbon Media. Doing some awesome stuff. Um, you need a add to the bone website make sure to go check them out they can get you a quote on what that would look like and mention my name if you're gonna go run over there uh they do some badass badass things nick and garrett are the real deal great dudes always willing to help out and uh yeah go check them out also we have brought to you by pacific calls now me and pacific calls have Got a little giveaway going on here in the next couple of weeks, so make sure to tune in for that. It's going to be a really fun one. We're going to do a duck and goose call giveaway, um, and just keep an eye out. It's going to be a really fun time, and good to be able to give back to you guys for all the support you've had throughout this past year and uh, with the podcast. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate you guys. But today we have Rusty on. From the Coca-Cola Woods. Now these are the legendary Coca-Cola Woods. Timber hunting at its finest. And it's an invite only club. Um, not really a club. It's a land. piece of land that uh, only, only is owned by one dude. And Rusty manages it all for duck hunting. And uh, they do a little whitetail hunting out there as well. But yeah. It's known for killing ducks, and it's known for what an experience. But it is invite only, so it's kind of a cool deal 
um, to hear about that side of things and get a different spiel on it because you can't pay your way to get into that place. You have to, you have to know somebody up there that, uh, can lock you in that spot. So we had a great conversation about that and what the whole experience is about there. Um, he does an awesome job with everything that goes on there. Managing that club is unbelievable. And uh, the work that goes behind it through the offseason. So it's a blast talking with Rusty. And uh, I think you guys will really enjoy this one. And we are live with Living the God Life podcast today with Rusty Creasy Jan, who is the manager down at the Coca-Cola Woods in Arkansas. So, Rusty, how are we doing? Good. I'm good. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thank you very much for finally getting on. It's It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm glad to do it, man. I love uh, I love talking uh, waterfowl with uh, waterfowl enthusiasts, even if y'all are up north. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, but yeah, we were talking a little bit about you on the tractor today. So what are you guys doing this off season? Uh, man, anything from, you know, we've got a little backstory. All our property is levied up. You know, we, we flood timber and so we got miles of levy. So there's a lot of upkeep on the levees and the bar ditches. So you're, you're bush hogging, you're, you're tearing out beaver dams, all the water off the trees. But then, you know, probably my biggest, one of the biggest things I do is, uh, planting, plant rice in the woods, yeah. uh, for the day and, uh, plant a few little corn. We're kind of got another track we're developing and, and we're tr- still trying to figure it out. I've planted beans and corn in the fields and kind of a deer slash duck place on that one. Uh, hmm. but, uh, man, just lots of maintenance, lots of planting. Yeah. Um, everything geared toward those 60 days yeah absolutely yeah you guys deal with the beavers quite a bit it looks like on your stories yes they they have been especially a pain this year i mean we've had uh it's uh, i don't know man it, it's a it's an everyday battle you know you can't i can take off and go turkey hunting for a few days beaver he doesn't take no days off so. yeah yes <laughs> they give me fits uh i i, I get Messages don't do this and do that and, and all that works willing there. It's just you gotta be there. And I mean, like I said, you got you, you can't let up because of the you take two days off and you're you're right back where you started. Yeah. But just really, really trying to trying to get the water off and keep the water off that timber. You know, that's Arkansas Green Timber is a, a special place and really, really wanna manage it and take care of it. Because without that, you know, our place is just a, like everybody else's. Yeah, I hear you on that. And is your guys' water, so is it in like a river system that you guys control, or how does that all work? No, so so we get all our water either by, I've got a, a couple pipes. I obviously have a great relationship with all my neighbors, and that's yeah. one of my hashtags posts is be a good neighbor because having a good relationship with your neighbors is everything. Yeah. So there's no telling. How many thousands of dollars we save each year by me catching uh, the farmers that are all around me by me catching their runoff from their mm-hmm. when they drain their 
grass and from when they drain their beans after they water them or whatever. And I'll just catch that free water through a big, a big pipe. Yeah. But out relifting it over in, we, we flood everything with two big wells and the way our place is laid out. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a, a flag pole and then the flag is at the top and you're, and the flag is flying to the right. All right. So you've got a lodge and all at the bottom of the pole. We've got a bar ditch that encompasses the whole track of property hmm. and so basically, in the mornings, you go up the flagpole to get to your section of timber that we hunt and we flood. Yeah. And then you uh, you can boat into all the holes that way. So the wells set right behind the lodge. So they fill up the bar ditch, which in, t- in turn starts backing up into your woods. And uh, pretty cool because the first thing that goes under are a couple of pretty big holes. And, and that's my food plots that I got my rice and stuff in that I can, I can flood and really manage it and really make a, make a lot of food for the ducks. Yeah. That's pretty neat, then. It is. It is. It's a on a dry year. It's a it's a pretty hefty little bill, you know, to pump. Yeah. Um, again, relationship with my with my farmer is also one of my best friends, and he lets me maneuver their water around town and, and save a lot of money on pumping. Um, you kind of don't want to get it on too quick, but you want to catch that free water where you can. So it's kind of a balancing act between the two of save money, but yet make sure your trees are healthy too yeah. so uh it's it's cool you know uh, uh, best i can tell arkansas is pretty unique and i mean, there's a place here and there scattered around but kind of the way it's done down here it's uh, not many places do it that way you know yeah. as far as draining it and i mean i take a lot of a lot of people hunting they're like well you know do you hold the water on all year oh you can't do that you kill all your trees so yeah. uh kind of the old Old uh, saying is you can start putting your water on once the months end in R, which would be September, yeah. and the, your sap starting to fall, but you've got to have it off. Uh, you know, I always have mine off March 1st is when I shoot for. Um, okay. Before start greening up, before the sap, the sap in the tree starts rising. Yeah. Um, Again, that's that's not a college education talking to you. That's uh, that's growing up on a place and, yeah. and hearing numbers talk. So so far, so good. Absolutely. And yeah, I was gonna say, how do the trees not die? Like, what makes them not die if you kept it on all year round compared to just those months? Is it just they? Oh, so they would die. If you keep it on year round, it will kill them because they, they've got to breathe can't cover their root system up because it's got to breathe yeah. um so basically the water is on during their dormant period i guess mm-hmm. would probably be the right time. the tree's not growing at all yeah it's it's, it's sap's going down the leaves are starting to turn uh when it's going on and then before they start growing and the leaves start popping on uh you've got the water off so yeah it's uh <laughs> Man, the, that's a big commodity. You got to take care of your trees because they take. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, and then planting the rice and all that kind of stuff too in the summer. Can't do that if water's there. What about it now? You can't plant if the water's there, can you? It, like all your rice and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, again, the beavers most of the time are your enemy, but in a few cases, they're they're your friend. They, I've got some all of my holes 
drain good. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm able to hold water in my hole without holding on the trees. So mm-hmm. a lot of times those beavers will pocket that water up in those holes because that's the last little bit of water that they have. Mm-hmm. They'll hold that water holes. Well, if you've watched on Instagram, a lot of times I'll plant my rice in the water, just throw it in the water. Yeah. And, it, and, and a lot of people do that here on, in, in the farmer. Uh, it's called water sowing rice. And basically, I let it get warm, you know, mid to late May. Throw the rice in the water, two bushels to the acre. You let that water, let that rice sit in the water for 48 hours. Hmm. And then I'll dig my pipe out, cut the beaver dam out, open my pipe, whatever I got to do, and then slowly pull that water off there within a day or so. What will happen, that rice will start to sprout and peg. And as the water comes down, that rice goes down and sticks to that mud. And that little old peg that come off that rice sticks to the mud, sprouts into the ground, and then pops right up. And, man, that saves me so much time uh, because it's just a muddy mess back there working for the tractor and stuff. So if you yeah. can you – know, my biggest food plot I did that with, and it's a, probably an acre and a half, two acres, something like that. And, oh, wow. You know, with a six-foot disc and a little old – 40 horse tractor you know that right there is going to take you especially in the mud i mean it's a full day of tractor work yeah by doing it i will water seeding it water seeding it that way uh save myself a full day of work at least and probably get better results doing it that way so yeah uh, that's a, one scenario where a beaver's friend hmm. fair enough how'd you get into hunting and coca-cola woods and all that kind of fun stuff so uh Coca-Cola Woods was uh, established in 1937, about the same year DU was, I believe. And the way it got its name, people that owned the Coca-Cola Bottling Company in Memphis, the Pigeon family, they they bought the property. And they would send employees, customers, and bigwigs from companies and whatever that they sold to, and they would entertain them. And the family used it a ton back then. And it's ever been a commercial hunted piece of property so i'd say early 60s or mid let's see mid to late 50s early 60s uh there was an 18 year old kid that was uh slipping in and hunting they'd run him duck hunting they'd run him off two or three days later they'd hear some shooting they'd go back there and he'd be back he always had a stack of ducks with him well lo and behold that was my uncle my mom's brother harvey shoot it was a pretty well-known dog dog trainer in his later days, but uh, he's a local guy. And uh, they thought, you know what? Can't really keep him out. Yeah. What if we hire? We hire him. <laughs> so that's started in place. And he worked there for a little over forty years, up from from I guess uh, sixty-one, sixty-two till two thousand two when he passed away. So I was born in seventy-eight, and just a mile down the road. Um, he was like a second dad to me. So I grew up. Now I tell people I learned to walk right there at on that piece of property because that's just always been home. Um, our brother's fifteen years older than I am. He killed his first duck on the place. Still helps me some today. Uh, during season helps me almost every day. Uh, so uh, property's changed hands times and and uh. It's a it's a cool story. Uh, it's a cool place. Um, 
my my grandmother back in the way back she's passed on now, but she uh she used to pick ducks for a quarter piece for them i mean it our family history with that place you know is just it's crazy i mean and we take a not ours we take a ton of pride in it yeah just like it just like it was ours so uh that's how i got started um absolutely when harvey passed harvey passed away uh kind of had some big shoes to fill but my daddy always said you know if you're gonna even if you shovel horse crap you'd be the best crap shoveler that there is so whenever it kind of fell into my hands you know it's always been a good place but i said i want to make this place great yeah and uh i don't know we're working on it absolutely that's awesome that's quite the story you got it's it's a cool place you know i I've never sold hunts, which is unique for a place like that. You know, uh, Mr. John Dobbs from Memphis owns it. And he took it back to the name Coca-Cola Woods because as a kid growing up in Memphis, he had always heard stories about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he loves to share the place with so many people. I'll see three, 350 different people a year that he'll bring friends, family, business acquaintances. He's a private investor and as he's has his hands in lots of businesses and stuff. So I'll entertain some employees and some partners of his. And it's a fun gig, but it, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure involved because you, you got to perform every day, but, uh, it's a, it's a cool spot. Um, I, I compare it to, and, and I'm not say this with, with nothing, but as humble as I can, the whole scenario and the way it works, I compare it to Augusta and the master. Yeah. You know, because you, you can't buy your way into the place. You know, there's, uh, it's invite only. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, you know, I, I had a comment the other day on Instagram. It's like, man, I think you're just trying to, uh, tease us with this stuff that you're putting out, you know, because you, you, you'll do this and you'll do that more than any of the average guys will do. And I'm like, man, if, that's what you think. That's not my intentions. My <laughs> show you a piece of what I get to do. I said, I know I'll probably never play at Augusta, but I love to watch the Masters and see the beauty and appreciate what it brings to the game. Yeah. So, uh, kind of, I like I like sharing it and and let people see that what a special place it is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I mean, everything about it that I've seen on your Instagram and. Stuff like that it just seems like such an unbelievable place and so well kept up to what you do out there. It is, it is, and it's a full time job, you know, keeping it up. Um, lots of moving parts, lots yeah. behind the scenes, trying to give people that that behind the scenes look to know that hey, we don't just roll in there sixty days and kill them. You know, uh, a lot of stuff that takes place to to get to that point. Um. That's something I found, you know, people, people love to see the process and yeah. try during season. I try to update every morning and kind of show what we did. And I mean, I had some character building days and I didn't, I didn't try to act like I killed them that day because I didn't. I mean, we get our butts kicked too. Yeah. Um, and you know, private or public, whatever, you've all got your own hurdles. Um, I don't have to race nobody to the hole, Yeah. but I mean, you know, there, there's days that, it's tough. Yeah. Um, like everybody else. Uh, 
But yeah. at the end of the day, you're uh, you're at a part of a special place, and you're getting to do something you love, and and somehow at it. So yeah. man, I am just blessed, blessed. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely hurdles wherever you go. I mean, whether it's weather, ducks, sail ducks. I mean, you're gonna run it's, into it's, it, no matter what. That's right. It's still the same old stale ducks. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, you may have stale ducks one day. That may be one of your deals. You may have, like you said, bad weather. You may have a group of guys that's never hunted before. Yeah. You may have, you know, it's a cool show and it's a good problem to have. But I don't know if you've ever been two or 300 yards from about 10,000 ducks sitting in the woods. <laughs> it's hard to compete. It's hard to compete. And again, that's, <laughs> That's like, well, I wish I had a problem. A lot of people are probably going to say, but um, it is a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. Here myself, pretty good duck caller, and I, I like to think I run a good spread. And you know, if I need spinners, jerk string, whatever. But sometimes it's just nothing. Don't matter. You just yeah. you, can't, you can't beat the real thing. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, we run into the same problem. Sometimes the geese will just go land and field right across the road, and then you're just like, well. Can't beat a live goose, like <laughs> right. Just, right. And and everybody say, well, you know, you can move and go out there where they're at. I am a big fan of not getting in the middle of the ducks. Yeah. You know, because I look at day fifty nine and day sixty. I still won't be killing them on day sixty if I can. Mm-hmm. So man, last year was a great example. We killed them, killed them, killed them, and then it got down to where they were strictly in our rest area yeah and man ever i'd get 50 yards closer 50 yards closer 50 yards closer we was chipping away at 16 one day 22 the next day and just it's a great little hunt for late january in arkansas but yeah. um the last day i mean i tried to get in the middle of them. my name was killed 16 or 18 something like that and it's a decent little it's a good little hunt yeah this is no i went back there the very next day on monday after it closed and did not jump a duck mm. zero duck like i milked it dry so i'm talking about i got all i could get out of that little <laughs> i made it last as long as i could um, but uh so yeah i mean it's still hunting it's still wild ducks and uh <laughs> talking about wild ducks that makes me think of something tyler merritt said one time anybody that's watched youtube or yeah. any of the old echoes tyler is he's I'd say one of the best duck callers has ever been because that guy could not only pick up Main Street call and go give you run for money in the world, but he could take a meat call and I mean kill it in the field. But uh, yeah, he said, "Yeah, I, I was over at Rusty's one day and I heard a duck move." I said, "What?" He said, "Yeah, I heard one move like a cow." He said, "They're so tame over there." I said, "Whatever." Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's on one of the DVDs. That that guy was a hoot. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so you guys have rest areas. Do you just you guys have those out there? Yeah, so we've got 520 acres of timber in our main main block of woods, oh, and wow. uh, probably the the southeast corner. I call it the willows. It's a willow, kind of a willow thicket that. Probably in years past, they held the water on too long, and it killed some of the good timber. And it's 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 security right now. I mean, it's willows, it's buck brush, it's smart weeds. Mm. Add in a pretty good sized food plots, kind of built into the willows. I mean, we don't even drive around there all season hardly at all. 
we don't bump them. So yeah. they know, hey, this is this is a safe spot. And then you, uh, we've got a section. So out of that section, there's another hundred acres of crop fields that lays just to the east, just across the little creek. We've got two fifty-acre fields. So plant rice. We're in a rice soybean rotation. So one field will be rice, the other field will be beans. Well, we'll leave ten and rice in the rice, and then I'll leave. I plant strips of corn, probably eight to 16 row strips. It's probably eight to 10 acres of corn just scattered through my bean field. Well, my farmer, he cuts the 40 acres of rice and then he cuts all the beans out from between the corn. Now, I'm not a huge fan of like big patches of corn because I've done that before and the ducks refuse to leave it. Like they sit there all day, roost there at night, get up, fly around, sit right back down. So like this is no good because long as they go to my willows in the rest area they're circling my woods you can you can pull some ducks off that as yeah. they're working the timber they were over my cornfield i was out of the game so i'll stage flood it. I'll, what i'll do i'll flood my woods and then the first of the week that duck season opens i'll flood one of my fields depending on if my corn does well or not last couple of years i've flooded my corn bean field corn slash bean field early and get those beans that fell out of the combine or whatever and and i'll have 50 acres that and i'll hold that water and then i'll leave it on but then like i won't have any boards on my rice field i'll let all the rain water run off so you've got 10 acres of rice let's say it makes 200 bushel times 45 that's uh ninety thousand. yeah <laughs> Is that 90 or nine uh 49 yeah that's 90,000. Yeah. Is that, man, I'm, it's too late. My math is great. <laughs> I got to see this now. 9,000. Yeah, I think it's nine. Uh, 9,000. Then you multiply that by 10 acres, yeah. you're looking at 90,000 oh, in that field, not counting whatever fell out of the combine. Yeah. Um, and we don't ever hunt it. We don't even, we don't bother them. So mm. I'll put that around the last week of December probably December 20th, right around Christmas, right before Christmas, I'll flood that. What I'm doing there, I'm giving them fresh water, fresh food. Um, and I'm kind of just that by doing that, that holds me some ducks to late January. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all, it's all part of a bigger picture. It's all part of a plan. Um, now it don't always work, but when it does, you know, uh, uh, I, there's some, I've got some great videos of, you know, in the evenings, ducks jumping up out of the woods and going to the fields. And I mean, like last year, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to other people. Ducks seem like they were so nocturnal. Yeah. They would get up 20 minutes before shooting hours. They leave my rest field. They go land in the willows before shooting hours. Mm-hmm. Then they would wait till dark, leave the willows, go right back to the rest field. And I'm like, how are you going to kill him when he's You ain't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We dealt with the same deal up here. I mean, we bank on the snow so hard, like later November, because that's just like what gets things moving, and they jump off the water a lot earlier and whatever it is. But I mean, it was seventy-five degrees the second week of November, and no snow mm-hmm. until late December. So it was like birds would jump up ten minutes before the end of shooting light at night, and that was the only time they jumped. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, they're getting smarter. Yeah. And uh, somebody, 
I had a, one of my buddies that lives in Tennessee had a really, really good post last year on Facebook because everybody's had the same complaints about these ducks and stuff, how they're acting. And he's like, hey, they're wild animals, and it's in their DNA to do what they got to do to survive. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's just duck hunting is, has gotten a lot more popular than it used to be. Um, and there's not as many places for them to sit down and rest you yeah. know used to there was some fields around the woods that there wasn't a pit in man between the the craze for duck hunting and then a farmer wanting to make what money he could make you know make him a little christmas money so yeah. to speak he's like get in the field and get seven eight thousand dollars for it that's just free much that's just extra money so you can't really blame him yeah. and you can't blame people wanting to hunt but it's definitely changed the game oh absolutely and with social media now too you can see how Everybody just uses different tactics and different ways to plant certain things. And it's just like, you can be learning from the best dudes in the industry and just throwing in your backyard. If you have all the right tools and you do all the research and whatever it is, like, that's right. So that's, that's exactly right. Uh, people, I mean, everything's just at the tip of your fingers now. And that's a, and that's a good, I I love to help people. Uh, You know, and that's like competition calling, duck calling. I did that for a while. Uh, you have a kid show up, and I'm talking about just blow lights out. You're like, where? I've never even heard. You know, and that's a pretty tight-knit group, that competition calling stuff. And yeah. Everybody's after, and you see the same faces at a contest every weekend, and all of a sudden, some kid rolls up you've never seen before and then just absolutely crushes it. You're like, who is this guy? Well, he's been watching you, yeah. you know, he like learned watching the computer. Uh, and I mean, it, everything's right there. You know, I'm a load to bass fish and bow hunt deer. And I mean, get on there and learn too. I mean, you won't talk about, you know, stuff that's changed the game. You look at what a darn, uh, strut and decoy did to turkey hunting. Oh. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm guilty. I'm, I'm four or five hours from home and it's my last day and i want to call him up and i want to do him right well let's just say no that's kind of and i made that's probably ain't even right to say i'm gonna say it anyway <laughs> that, that strutting decoy is kind of like tree topping ducks yeah um hey i'll do it uh late season they <laughs> won't finish you want to you got guys there want to shoot some ducks you let them get as low as they're gonna get and you shoot you a couple yeah. Um, turkey hunting. I'll take that strut and decoy if I'm out of state and and paid all that money for a room and for licenses. If I got a chance to kill one, I don't. I mean, I'm fixed to kill him. Yeah. You know, and I've laid down and crawled up on him, and it's it's a rush, but man, it has been the demise of a ton of turkeys in the last three or four years. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not, and you, it is what it is. But uh, I'm, again, I ain't gonna knock it because I've done it. But uh, it definitely, definitely changed the game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I know, I know guys that have taken like just buddies out, and I think one of one of the guys I know, he was just buddy hunting, so his buddies would come down and hunt down with him, and I think he killed like forty four turkeys behind a strut and decoy this season. Wow. Yeah. So that's the only, that's the 
That's the only way he hunts. That's, yeah, that's the only way. Mm. And, and again, whatever, I'm not going to knock a guy because uh, it's legal. Yeah. That's it's legal, you know, and that's, that's a message I think we as hunters have got to get out. Got to, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm not bashing anybody for using a truck decoy, but yeah. I've done it. Um, but, you know, we are a, as a hunting world and hunting community, we got tons of people against us already. Way yeah. too many for us to try to get, you know, mm-hmm. amongst ourselves, you know. Um, and that's something I really, really try to message. I try to convey to people I talk to or posts and stuff. Like, man, let's just get along and let's support each other because we got people against us without us fighting amongst ourselves. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, anything you post on social media, people will come at you mm-hmm. for, and it's just unbelievable. It, it really is. It's, you know, I, down here in the South, you know, the old school way, the way my daddy was, you can't say something nice, just keep your mouth shut. Don't say nothing at all. And yeah. I mean, it, it really is that simple. Yeah. You know, it's really a simple thing. I mean, and, uh, yeah, you can't say something nice. Don't say nothing at all. Don't be that guy. Whatever yeah. you, whatever Hey, you know, I swear up down, I'm going to do a video and that's going to be the titles. Don't be that guy. Yeah. You know, uh, just because you're blessed with a uh, great place that grows 160, 170 inch bucks, don't knock a guy for shooting a little basket rack six point. Because yeah. I promise you, he's probably just as excited as you were when you got your big. Oh, um, exactly. And, and it's going to taste the same. As long as it's legal, man, do it. And, uh, as long as it makes you smile and makes you happy, it's legal. Shoot, man, have at it. You know, yeah. I, a lot of people ask me about like spinning wing decoys. You know, I use them. Yeah. I maybe there are different ways than other people do. I, yeah, they get the duck's attention, but I take a lot of new hunters hunting. I put my spinning wings up in the woods away from us, make the duck's attention go elsewhere besides these guys sitting by a tree. You know, mm-hmm. because, hey, they don't. They wasn't raised. They don't know to keep their faces down. I can tell them all they want, but yeah. I mean, if you got working, heck, I like looking at them. Yeah. I don't blame them for um, So I use those spinning wings to to kind of take their attention away. But you know, they get a people knock them and knock them. But you know what? Yeah, I had an uncle taught me how to blow a duck call, showed me how to rig a jerk string, set decoys. I had a brother that took me hunting. Not everybody had that. Mm-mm. Not everybody best for that so you take a guy maybe he can only afford a couple dozen decoys and a couple spinners man those early ducks he can go kill him three or four ducks early with it with those spinners on um i appreciate that yeah because doing his own um i got so much respect for people who hunt public man it's just so much but, uh, but yeah, it is a grind and you take a guy that you know, again, as long as it's legal, it's fine. I mean, yeah. so, uh, and I understand some people don't like spinning wing decoys. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. I get it. But uh, and, but if they're legal and and it, it helps somebody kill a few extra ducks that maybe he don't know how to blow a call, yeah. I, you know. Uh, again, that goes right back to fighting amongst yourselves. There ain't no room for it. Yeah. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, I mean, you see it so much, too, like, 
well in my shoes a lot um just from like being younger and then a lot of guys will like beat up on younger guys than me or whatever it is just because they don't have the experience and they're like well you're only shooting two ducks or whatever a morning and then they're like oh you can't kill ducks whatever it is it's like dude he's like 16 like chill out right right i mean <laughs> dude the the limit ain't nothing but a number yeah hey and I love to see 12 limits strung up on an oak tree or strung, or laid out on a, a limb, a log down in the water. Yeah. But uh, when you think about a hunt, you don't really think about the number. You think about people you were with, yeah. you know, stories that were told. And, and don't, and again, I love to kill them. Hmm. Don't know, but that ain't all it's about. It, it's about something deeper than that. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And I mean, just watching the ducks, whatever it is, um, working to your spread. It's just something else. Not always about oh, yeah. pulling the trigger. Cause I mean, you'll, I'll watch ducks all day and just not shoot. If we get big wads, like I don't want to shoot into a big wad and then have them be stale for the rest of the year. So I'll just go right. out there and sit, watch whatever it is, let them do their thing yep. and then get out of there. That's right. You know, we, one of our traditions that Mr. Dobbs has, has started is we call it a cocktail cruise. But about 4.30 in the evening, about an hour before dark, all load up in the boats. People get them a drink, whatever they want to take, yeah. cigar, coke, cold beer, whatever you want. We go to the, the corner of the woods, which lays right there by the Willis where our rest area is. You know, it's not uncommon to have ducks all throughout the woods, but... Uh, we typically always have a pretty big wad there in the rest area. So anyway, we like we ride down there. We'll have we've got a big fire pit down there at the corner of the levee. Mm. Everybody gets. We'll have a fire going for the guests. Some days we'll take appetizers, a little snacks or whatever. Yeah. The women, the kids, and everybody, man. And speaking of that, they're all AirPods in some days because it's, I'll be in the boat with all the women. They're just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, <laughs> so that 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 really. <laughs> It's like, God, you dread it. Then you get down there, and all of a sudden, right at dark, right before dark, you, here comes 50 out. Here comes another 100. And all of a sudden, it's just for 15 or 20 minutes, plumb till you can't see this thousands upon thousands of ducks leaving the woods, going to roost in the rice fields, the bean fields. And I mean, it is a spectacle. Yeah. And the people, Yes, they enjoy that experience more than the hunt itself. Because, you know, most of the people I take are from the city. One, they don't see a sunset like they can see out here. Yeah. But they definitely don't see the ducks, you know. And, and again, it's, it's about the experience. It ain't just about the killing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing in the outdoor like the outfitting guide service, whatever it is, hunt clubs. I mean, it's the experience that people want. Bring their buddies out. They bring their kids out, whatever it is. They want to go have fun. They're going to go spend all that money or whatever it is. Um, They want to have a good time. And it's not just about shooting ducks. You can't control. Yeah. You you have zero control. Uh, uh, Mr. Kimmons Wilson, who's a member of the Greenbrier, Wilson family, holiday uh, hunting with me one day and i was stressed you know just because you're wanting again 
most of my people only hunt one day, so you got one shot to get on ducks. Yeah. I put a lot of pressure on. But he said, Rusty, he said, here's the deal. The things you can control, you do your best at. The things you can't control, you, you just, you can't worry about it. You can't control what those ducks are going to do. He said, but now you're, you're, uh, you're anything at the lodge, all, all the moving parts, as long as that all runs fine, there ain't nothing else you can do. Yeah. And really got to, that's a hard one to hard pill to swallow but once you get past that and you realize it well, makes a, it takes a lot of pressure off of you when you know you're you're doing everything right uh you know the cooks are doing their job all everything's big and spans a lodge put yourself in the best position and then you know outside of that there ain't a lot you can do i would there's some my boss donates a few hunts every year to fundraisers yeah they'll have a they'll have like a public auction you know, and it'll be, let's just say, for eight guys and their wives to come stay one night at the lodge, do a cocktail cruise, have a nice meal, uh, a hunt for the eight men, and then breakfast, and then they leave. Man, it's it's crazy what some of these hunts will bring. So there's a lot of pressure involved, and uh, you want to you perform, but, you know, uh, there's been some days I didn't, and there's been some days I did. You just, as long as you know you, you did all you could, and that's all you can do. But yeah. that's a, that's a whole get out gig is, you know, you know when you're going to kill them most days. Yeah. You know when you, to, to put on a smiling face and take that money for that hunt, you know, and you got to, I mean, that's, that's the nature of the beast. Just, just the way it works sometimes, but it's a, that's a hard one because we all want to, we all want them to have a good time and yeah. kill ducks. Sometimes it just don't work. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's just the way it is. You can't get over sure. it. But sure. what's it what's it like hunting that green timber down there? Oh man. When it's right. I mean I mean you, you kinda you can tell what it's like. It's it's yeah. a you're oh and and this is a hard word to describe it. Intimate, yes. You're yeah. so close. It's such a uh, you. You just it is. There's nothing like it as far as being that close. To, I mean, when uh, every year, I mean, you're gonna have ducks. You're you're gonna feel the air off of them lots and lots of times. They're so close, but you're gonna have them splash water on you. You're gonna have them brush against you. I've caught them with my bare hands before as they're coming by a tree, reach out and grab them. Uh, it, it's insane, man, when it's right. You know, in a dry year, that first split on a dry year when not many people have water. Yeah. And you're the only show in town with water. Pretty silly. It's yeah. pretty silly. Um, you know, when you, when you can shoot them up with a 410, you know they're close. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's no but, question yeah. about that. <laughs> the whole, the whole bow deal. That's I enjoyed that, and I still do it. Open the day every year. We still do a little bow hunt like that. But um, I gotta say, man, that little four ten, that little satori over and under, sticking them with that, it's pretty wicked. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. 
Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I got I got a little single shot four ten, and they're fun to just go out and shoot. Much they are, and I tell you, what, these these kills they got there, especially that TSS before to shoot it. It's it's quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, in fact, I killed not this season. Last season, I think I killed like four turkeys with a four ten. It's a it's a fun little gun. Um, but my, again, man, I can go and. It's almost like when it's right, you dread shooting. Yeah. I've got ten guys. I've got ten guys in there, and it's you know, there's. I mean, and I say this, and y'all are like, oh, whatever. But dude, when I'm telling you, there's thousands upon thousands coming in, <laughs> like like bees. <laughs> and I'll let ninety ninety percent of them down because once that duck sits down in our woods, he's gonna be there all day long. Uh, because we're not going to do nothing to bother him. I mean, he'll yeah. they'll land, and then once you shoot, all they're going to do is swim away from it. They'll sit in the woods all day. Well, then in turn, every passing duck that happens to fly over, you know, uh, migrating ducks or whatever, if you get in a bush, well, if they see all those in the woods, you're going to pick those up too. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's like shooting just runs it. Yeah. Like, I hate, and you'll hear me on some videos, especially, you know, I know I've heard it on the Echo video. I hate to shoot. Like I don't even really <laughs> want to shoot because it's just gonna it it ruins yeah. it just ruins the moment. Uh, but I know it. I mean, I know you got to. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt my face that you can watch them at all. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. How do you feel about water swatting them on the in the timber? I know that's a big topic that a lot of people have been getting after. Man, way out that. One, if you're a good enough caller to call them in and put them on the water. Two, if you're hit good enough that they feel comfortable sitting on the water, you can shoot them dudes however you want to. Yeah. It don't matter how you, as long as you just shoot you four. Yeah. You, and if you've got, and, I, and I've done it a few times, you know, let them, let them land, get you about 15 or 20 just over the decoys, and there's that many or so sitting on the water. You shoot the first level at eye level. Boom. Then the next flush gets up and you shoot them on the flush. Yeah. Uh, or you can water swat them <laughs> right <laughs> off the barrel. But, uh, uh, and again, and that, that's like a plug and a gun to me. I never really understood it. Yeah. What's the matter if I was in my gun? It, as long as you're still just going to shoot four, that shouldn't matter. Yeah. You know, about it. <laughs> Say you had a nice group come in whack your limit out of one group think about how much earlier you'd be getting out oh yeah you know um yeah 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 and i mean if you're only gonna shoot you know a guy he's gonna shoot over the limit i would say it doesn't matter if he's got plug or not plug he can load three more shells and shoot three over yeah you know plug ain't gonna keep him shooting over (laughs) but oh it would definitely uh it would definitely maybe get your hunt over quicker and get you in and out quicker, which yeah. in turn would take more pressure, take pressure off the doves, which might would help. But I mean, it's, it's whatever. I know it's all, but I just, I've always wondered that, you know, why we had to have a plug. If you're just going to shoot four, whack them in the first group and get out of there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I've never really thought about it like that. Never just been so used I mean, to the plug. And it makes sense. Like right. if somebody's going to shoot over the limit, they're going to shoot over the limit. The plug's not going to stop them. That's right. That's right. 
exactly right. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, all my guns are plugged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it just to me, it would maybe, like I said, get you out quicker. Yeah. But it's fine. It's the law, and we'll obey it. But uh, just an idea, you know. Yeah. Something to throw out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you on that. Is there any regulations down in Arkansas that you think are kind of quirky? Uh, you know, you get into the public land stuff. Uh, there might be some. Yeah. As far as private, man, not really. Yeah. You know, you get the whole deal of hagging birds and party hunting and all that. And it is what it is. Yeah. Um, again, you just get into that number and you want everybody to shoot their, their limit. And, you know, as long as as long as everybody's close to their birds, I'm always just kind of we tag all our birds. Yeah, uh, but uh, there's some just some some things that might could be changed up a little bit. Nothing, nothing bad. Yeah, nothing bad. That, you know, on the refuges they got this deal on the, some of the public ground that you can only hunt. They give alligators so many days to win whatever they can hunt, and and again. I'm I have to worry about any of that. So I'd be lying if I I don't know all the regulations. Um but man, I got so much respect for people that public land hunt that public land because that is a battle, it's a grind, it's a daily it's a daily deal that you gotta go through and yeah. and then the people that kill them on there, that's I think it's awesome. Yeah. Oh I hear you on that. You guys have a lot of wardens come to the Coca Cola Woods? No, no, we don't. I'm out. I, I know the locals here. Yeah. Um, you know, we run a, a first class operation. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that guy. You yeah. know, we're going, <laughs> we're going to do don't what's have, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're more about the experience again. I mean, yeah, we want to shoot our number, but if we don't, we don't. Yeah. Um, you just back here making three or four trips out for sure. Yeah. All the ducks out. Going to get our number and get out. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. And so when you're stand, you're able to stand back in those woods, right? You're not sitting in boats or whatever. Right. Right. Everything, all the waters anywhere from chin deep to uh, thigh deep. Okay. You know, uh, we've got a couple blinds to get in, but pretty much, you know, the whole timber experience, you want to be hugged up to a tree and being yeah. around it. That's uh that's the good stuff. That's what you come to Arkansas for. Yeah. You guys got such I was watching your story yesterday on taking those runs for the boats. Those mm-hmm. gotta be very convenient to have. Oh yeah. So we've got in that section of property we've got about I think we've got nineteen or twenty holes. Oh wow. Um now out of that we'll only hunt four. Okay. Four holes. A lot of the holes are right next to the like the outside levee. Yeah. So it's just a bar ditch and it's a big foot plot. And you'll hold ducks in there and the ducks will use it, but uh not really something you would hunt. Yeah. More just old and for food and rest areas. And uh we always hunt just one group of guys a day, so that gives them lots of places to sit down and not be disturbed. Um but yes, the boat runs, we've got those to both of our main holes 
And man, I mean, walk down the steps of the lodge, you get in the boat, your next step is it within five steps of your tree that you're gonna be by. I mean, it's we got it set up. I mean, I've taken eyes in their nineties hunting before. Yeah. Um it's crazy. Uh <laughs> think about I'm like how did I pull it off? But uh <laughs> but yeah. I can get you down there to the boat, down the steps of the boat. I can, I can take you hunting. Yeah. I think it's on, ain't on my YouTube. I think it's on Frog Talk's YouTube page. We took, uh, took a gentleman hunting who was in a, uh, he was paralyzed basically from the chest down. Oh, wow. And I say, say we took him hunting. We took him the day before season open. You know, motorized wheelchair, but those things are very, very heavy. I don't know if you've ever handled one. And not know. He, he had been wanting to come hunt, wanting to go back there. He had he had, had a bad accident in the early eighties, but before, prior to his accident, he was an avid hunter and had hunted the property a lot with the pigeon family. And he had this accident and was paralyzed and, and he hadn't really know that he had ever, no, he hadn't been back in those woods. I, I don't think he'd ever watched ducks in the timber since. So hmm. this was like, six or five six years ago four or five years ago probably and uh like we really really want to take him out and let him watch ducks i'm like golly man all i can think about is turning the boat over with him in the front or it's yeah. just like anyway i, I ran an arrow in my head and i finally we got this huge covered boat big covered boat heavy duty got three of my buddies and i'm like all right try to pull this off and i had it figured out where i could nose the boat up to the bank level with the road unload him in his wheelchair out of his van and then get him up while the boat's up against the bank i have somebody has to be on the throttle where the boat doesn't push away right so we get somebody on each corner and we get him set on the front of the deck of the front of this boat I take two ratchet straps and I ratchet strap, ratchet strap the boat. And and I mean, dude, I was a nervous wreck because we had about a mile run from the ditch to get to where we want to go. And I'm like, man, I think this is going to work. And of course, when I take my time, we get up there, go to the lost buckhole, my favorite spot on the property. And it's like I said, it's mid November, but it's a little warm and freaking mosquitoes were unreal that morning which is crazy for it to be that close to duck season yeah. and uh we trim the motor we get up to the hole trim the motor up and i mean it's shallow but we push the boat up through the hole we turn the rear, rear end of the boat around and it's like we push almost the entire boat up into the woods and we leave the nose like the edge of the hole we've got a piece of burlap and we put it all draped it over him this is no lie. He could feel the air off the ducks that morning. You go one last hunt with Ted. It's on the Rock Frog Talk YouTube, and I need to put it on my page. But it is one of the most emotional things that I have ever done in a duck woods because I'm telling you, it was as good as I've ever seen it. Thousands upon thousands landing in the hole. That and I mean, and this guy had you talked the man upstairs sending you a little nugget here and there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he hadn't been in those woods in 40 years, probably. Well, 30-something years anyway. 
since his accident. And I mean, they absolutely filled it up that morning. And I looked over there one time and I mean, he had these big old tears just rolling out of his eyes. I got two balls talking about it. Yeah. But, uh, it was, it was really, really cool, man, to share that. But I was nervous, man, trying to, because I'm like, the heck of a note, you know, him lives through a car wreck and I'm going to drown him out here in the cold woods. But, yeah. uh, yeah, we pulled it off and, uh, he saw something that, uh, very few people get to see. And, and I tell people, you know, I said, we felt like we were really doing a Ted a gift. The gentleman's name was Ted. And I was like, we thought we were doing Ted a favor by doing this, but looking back on it, he did us one yeah. because it was, it really put it in perspective. But it's cool, man. It's a, have to check it out. It's a, it's a neat, 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 neat deal. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, that was cool. That's really awesome. That was it was so fun. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how much of a nervous wreck I'd be driving up there, having him right up front. Oh my God. Yeah, loading him in the dark now. Loading him in the dark with the uh yeah, I'm like, well, I bought brand new grassy straps, hopefully they'll hold. Yep. And, I mean, honestly, it could not have been couldn't have went any smoother. Yep. And again, I could have myself, you know, I had had buddies there helping. It was a team effort, but it was uh it was spe- it was a special morning. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean you can take people out like you're saying, ninety years old. That's even, even, like makes the experience so much cooler as well. Because you could have three generations. I mean, guys out there, debatably yeah. even four. I mean, depending on how young the kids are, and how old that's the it. grandparents are. And you know, the, Mr. Dobbs, the boss man, he uh, talk about making him feel good. When you take a ninety-year-old guy who's stuck on it all of his life. And he sees something like what I just described, and he looks over at John and he says, uh, "I'm such and such years old, and it's the best duck hunter I've ever been on." Yeah. You know that's that's cool. That's why you, that's why you do it. That's, yeah. that's that's like that. You know that's that's why you do it. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, seeing the smiles on people's faces is something mm-hmm. else. Yep. Like yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, it just it gives you chills when you when it you're does. able to do that. And and what's cool is that a boss is generous enough to share that with, with people. Yeah. You know, people that that uh that hadn't seen that and that he's close to and yeah, I mean we down the hallway we've got each go down he's owned it. I guess this will be his eleventh or twelfth year and uh it's cool just seeing all the memories because man, I'm a big picture guy. You know, if you got a picture from a hunt, you can just about close, look at that picture and close your eyes. and You remember that hunt. Yeah. Uh, pictures are, they're awesome to have. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's the lodge life like over at Coca-Cola Woods? Oh, it's, uh, man, I got a great crew. I got a, a cook, got one girl that cooks five days, another girl that cooks, Sundays and Wednesdays, the other two. I got two girls them in the kitchen, and I got two girls that clean. It's, uh, you know, we've got a 10-bedroom lodge. We've got 
two masters with uh, big California kings, and then we've got eight bunk rooms that have a queen and a set of bunks in each. Every room's got their own shower. Every room's got their own sink. It's basically like a hotel. Oh, and wow. then we've got a 1,200 square foot uh, great the dining room or just living room, I guess you would say, and then a nice dining room. And it, it, but it's it's really it's a big place. It's very cozy. Um, but again, it's 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 a lot of moving parts. Everybody's yeah. got to be on. Everybody, you know, when this group of twelve leaves today, we got twelve more rolling in in four hours. Yeah. So it's changing out beds and uh, man, I I got some awesome girls, uh, a great staff that help me yeah any but it's a job yeah i was just say is there any certain rules that you guys have at the lodge uh, <laughs> uh not necessarily about the lodge as far as on the hunts uh we've got a really really good dog that my brother runs um that the boss man owns and mm -hmm. so we 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 don't we ask people not to bring their dogs they yeah. can bring the dogs and leave them in the, cradle, uh, the, the kennel, but uh, as far as on the hunt, <laughs> you leave your dog in the truck. Yeah. And then uh, we've all heard about that dog. That oh man, he's he's this and he's that. Get out there and you're shaking your head. <laughs> uh, uh, no dogs and no duck calls, pretty much. Yeah. Um. Uh. They'll bring their calls a few people but uh, again a lot of people i take don't even hunt don't even own a duck yeah. call you know want to a lot of people and uh uh but you'll have a few that think they can blow a duck call and boss man let them call right about till about three or four minutes before shooting hours and they say all right um rusty handles are calling now he calls all the shit <laughs> so that's cool guy his stature just kind of turned the reins over to me and yeah uh let me kind of run the show, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and not many people are that way. A lot of people would have an ego letting some redneck from Arkansas <laughs> run a place like uh, we've talked about. He knows that's what that's what I know. And like I've told him, if I need business advice, he'd be the one I'd come to. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to I wouldn't listen to nobody like me. I'd listen to uh, a guy like him who knows business and knows knows what to invest in or not to invest in and uh so yeah it's a pretty cool dynamic work work oh yeah absolutely i mean yeah you can definitely you're there all year round planting doing whatever working water levels and so yeah i can imagine he watches running the show <laughs> yeah you can ask I'll ask him, uh, where do you want to go in the morning, boss? I'm not. He said, that, that's not my job. Said, because if, if we go and we don't kill anything, I can just fire you. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> go, go zero to zero real quick. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fun. Lodge life is fun. We've got, a, we've got a really, really cozy place. It's big, but it's cozy. Um. It's uh, I tell I tell him he he he's always concerned about what can we do better. Does anybody have any complaints? And I say we about got this thing down to art. If anybody complains, just don't invite them back. 
because hey, you really complain about because uh, we try to try to please everybody. Yeah. Oh, I hear. Yeah. What's your like biggest tool during the season? Biggest tool, man. Outside of a echo duck call and a Browning shotgun, broke toes waiters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got all my plugs. <laughs> uh, you know it. Uh, also, the boat. You got to have a boat every day. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, it's just something. I can't, I can't name it, name just one. Yeah, it's, it's tough to choose just one tool. It is. It, it had to be my duck call. Yeah. So I think I can, I can take my duck call and go kill ducks without decoys, without everything else. Uh, but uh, I'd say the biggest tool, it took me a second. I got you an answer. Yeah. Biggest is all the all the things that, that that I've been taught throughout the years mm. by the people by the people who uh, were before me. Yeah, that old uh, that knowledge that you don't learn in school is just from being out there and you know, from my uncle Harvey to my brother Mike, Mister Rick Dunn. Just that wealth of knowledge that you got stuck back. That's that's priceless. Oh, hundred percent. And like, I mean, just witnessing what it's like from your shoes from being there for so long and seeing how everything's changed and good, bad, whatever it is. Um, yeah, definitely something to throw under your belt. It is. It is. I, I think, you know, I, I've gotten where I don't read. And that forums used to be a big deal. And they might pay all these internet forums talking about hunting this, hunting that. And anybody can kill ducks in the woods and that gets so old. But uh, <laughs> tell people, yeah, you might, you know, you might kill them for a few days, but can you kill them for sixty days? Yeah. Um, that knowledge of, hey, you know, managing and just again all the stuff you've learned throughout the years from being there, uh, you can't put a price on that. Yeah. What's the biggest change you've seen while you've been out there? Pressure. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. I tell people I was, I was doing this stuff before it was cool. Yeah, great. <laughs> because I look back at all those old YouTube videos with Freddie King put up. You know, we were pushing a little old decoy company. That was when we started it. We had no idea, had no idea how popular those things were. Um, but man, you look back, views on those videos. That's something to watch duck hunting on on YouTube. Um, some of Freddie's videos, and uh, it's when we're talking about old. You know, I I never considered myself old, uh, but then you'd be like, you'll see somebody put this is one of the OGs of duck hunting. I'm like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say I'm old. <laughs> But heck, I guess I am, you know. <laughs> and when I say I was doing it before it was cool, I don't mean no disrespect towards anybody. All I mean is it was all I've ever known. I've done yeah. it. 
kid, you know, when we started. And when Freddie did that YouTube stuff, I had no idea how big it was going to be. And uh, it kind of got my name out there and got the club's name out there of the property. Yeah. I was at Max Prairie Wings working for Echo here in Fall Fest one year. I had a kid come up and he's like, Mr. Rusty, can I get a picture made with you? And I said, Boy, who put you up to that? <laughs> and I'm like, I realized, like, he just actually wants a picture of with me. I'm like, what are you, Why are you want a picture of me? And I watched all your YouTube stuff. And I don't know what changed in that last year or whatever between the last time I was there, but heck, there was a, several people that day wanted that. Want me to sign a camo hat? And I'm like, Dude, what? Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, I got to realizing that YouTube stuff had really, and, uh, and, you know, you go to a forum, well, man, if you could duck hunt anywhere, where would you go? And bucket list would be Coca-Cola Woods, or it used to be Harvey's Duck Club. The previous owner had it. That's yeah. how a lot of people. Um, and that's when we did all the YouTube stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, been doing it a while, and it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you guys do any other hunting out there besides duck hunting? Uh, I deer hunt. Yeah. A good bit. Uh, piece of property we've got that's in the White River Bottoms. We've got pretty good deer hunting on it. We're trying to, we're working on managing the deer and we're developing it into duck hunting. And it's it's good, but it we ain't figured out that right combination yet. You know, what do we need to flood or not flood hmm. on a drive? Need to flood anything. So it's kind of one of those deals you got the potential to grow some 160 170 inch whitetails which is good really really good in arkansas yeah uh, or you can have average good above average duck hunting but having boss on both pieces i'm like man if we could just have a little bit of duck hunting but really focused on the deer we could make something special out of the property but it's this will be our second year of of having it finished and there's still a learning curve involved, and I, uh, I just got to figure out that right combination. So I guess to answer your question, we've got, got a deer, duck, and then uh, squirrel and stuff like that. But no, yeah. it's pretty duck place. You know, I won't boss man won't come over much till about October. Yeah, uh, when it start and uh, he'll uh, he'll get the favor then. Yeah, he'll get the favor. Is he out there quite a bit? But you know, growing up, he's out here. You no, know, he hunted more late, more days last year during duck season than he ever has. Uh, he hunted, uh, but on days he's not here, he has people for me to take most days. Yeah. Um. So it, but yeah, he's out here a lot. Not during the off season. Uh, he he's got other stuff. He he other places he goes. He skis and he goes. Uh. Like to Nantucket for a few weeks during the summer while it's cool up there and hot here. And, yeah. Uh, he really enjoys life. He gets the most out of life. I respect that so much because some people are so obsessed with work and money that they forget to live. But uh, he's really got it figured out. He's a great family guy. And, uh, he's got three three kids, three young kids. And, man, he's he's working hard to be the best dad he can and, and spend as much time with them as he can. And, uh, so he goes to other places. There ain't, I'm going to tell you, man, there ain't much fun goes on out here this time of year. Now, I enjoy what I do. But uh, unless you like 
wading in the snakes and the skeeters and fighting beavers and all that. Uh, this really ain't the place for you this time of year. Yeah. I was going to say, you guys got the deal with the copperheads down there. Cottonmouths. Or cottonmouths. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes, man. They are. It's every day. You know, it's every day. Mm. I mean, it ain't. Well, it's how many you can see. In fact, I was putting out fertilizer today and uh, drove right in the middle of one in some smart weeds, and I didn't see him. Uh, he got away from me. Uh, but uh, pretty hard on those. I don't let many of them get away. <laughs> carry the pistol around with you? Uh, man, I carry 24-7. Whether <laughs> I'm working or I'm uh, in town or doing whatever, I am going to have a pistol inside my waistband. You won't know it. Yep. I've either got one in my pocket waistband all the time man this crazy world we live in i got wife and two little girls i ain't going nowhere without it oh i'm with you i am with you right when i turn 21 in october it's it's going under my waistband that's for damn uh, sure what when's your birthday 28 oh shit yeah same day as mine no kidding <laughs> october 28th i'll be 40 <laughs> you'll be 20 21 21 yeah all right well maybe i am a og then yeah yeah it's a good birthday you can't beat it in the right in the middle of our duck season so works out good well it's uh the the deer are starting to get it on their mind here then i've killed a bunch of deer within a day or two of the 28 28 and the 31st uh they're really scraping they're getting that getting the does on their mind yes yeah, that's, that's cool man that's yeah. cool oh yeah you're the, cool. you're the only met one other person that has that birthday so that's pretty neat it is neat it is neat but do you uh there anything besides waterfowl um mainly stick to waterfowl hunting do some pheasant hunting like late late in the year um when all the marshes are frozen there in the cattails. And then do a little deer hunting over at my parents' place. They got nice, like, 16 acres right in the middle of town. So you can only bow mm-hmm. hunt it, but it's like nobody can hunt back there. So there's just a bunch of really, really nice-sized deer back there. Fun. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Do you, uh, do you travel around hunting other states as far as waterfowl? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I traveled to Texas last February. Um, go to North Dakota every year, South Dakota every year, um, Nebraska. Thank all, and then I'm gonna check off quite a few more states this year with the podcast and everything. So it should be fun. That is fun. I'm I don't get to chase waterfowl many places uh, just because I'm tied down here and really want to put up. You know. Yeah. Uh, I get in, but I appreciate them, but I, it's hard for me to shake loose. If I'm going to drive anywhere, I'm going to go shoot, shoot a big white tail. What, uh, Nebraska, man, that's, that's an awesome state. Yeah. That is awesome. Flat river bottoms, and that's just insane. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so cool out there. The last time I was out there, we shot an 18-year-old spec band. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that was that was really neat. Fun, that's fun. I, I traveled turkey hunting. 
I got my oldest daughter. She's a junior this year. She's a good old athlete and had a really good softball team, high school softball. So, yeah. Been a softball this spring. I only turkey hunted five days all spring. Oh, I'll normally, I'll normally hunt six or seven states. This year, like, man, I hate missing games. She's getting older and be out of school before long. I said, you know what? Them turkeys will still be there. I'll fix that. We're having her home while I can. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. If there would be a state, though, that you could go travel for waterfowl and go kill a certain species, what would that be? Oh. You know, there was, when I watched Vandemore, that deal he did for to kill a king that was pretty cool yeah he hunted those di- those ducks out in the ocean i guess that was the ocean yeah uh, up on saint paul island yeah that's pretty cool um i don't know man I, it's again i have i am old i have shot ducks so i could walk <laughs> um so i've really had Dreamed of going to other states and, and duck hunting. Yeah. Uh, however, hadn't been blessed with best deer and best turkey hunting, so that's where I really like traveling. Ah, uh, on whitetails, whitetails, bow hunting, whitetails. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Now, give me a thousand of them with their feet out in a, in a lost buck hole landing at your feet. I, I'm not going to say one's any better than the other. They're pretty. pretty <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree on that. Yeah, the whitetail, whitetail's a fun deer to chase after. It is. I, I think, I think probably my bucket list that I'll do one day. I do want to go elk hunting during the rut with a bow. Because mm. every, everyone says it's like turkey hunting a deer. Yeah. When right now it's just a overgrown deer and and to interact. And I think that would probably be the, the best. I'm putting it off as long as I can. But at some point, I will go out before I get too old. Yeah. I mean, you get chills just listening to the bugle over a phone. I yes. can't imagine what it would be like in the valleys with them. Yeah. I mean, when you see the steam come out of his mouth, yeah, that'd be, <laughs> be pretty wicked. Yeah. It'd be pretty wicked. <laughs> be shaking like a leaf. Yeah, this is all I ever known, man. I, I grew up hunting and fishing. My daddy and my uncle and brother saw. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Huh? I hear you on that. But, Rusty, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I appreciate you coming on, and thank you so much. Dude, I appreciate you having me. Uh, my pleasure. I enjoy... Uh, talking to fellow hunters and to share the same passion and uh always love hearing back and uh i love hearing love hearing from people that i've made offer them some advice and helped them kill a few more ducks or uh yeah. had had a little bit better hunt yeah absolutely yeah you have uh, I wanna... what was that i said i did go ahead say what you was gonna say no you're good i it was nothing oh uh, I do want to say this. Uh, I don't know if you watched my Instagram today, but this will probably, I know you're going to air this days from now, but like, why are we, like yesterday we were supposed to have done this, right? But yeah. we both had things 
like so us today and then give me today uh, i lost my daddy three years ago today mm. and my dad my daddy was my hero so uh been on my mind a lot today but uh anyway i just want to put that out there if, if y'all are li- whoever's listening to this call your daddy tell him you love him thank him call your mama too yeah but uh uh my dad was a self-made man who uh left home at 15 with nothing but a change of clothes on his back and built up a good business and raised us to be uh good people with manners and that's something that's lost in this world today and i think we need more of it so uh miss my daddy today yeah. uh, if you got your if y'all listening you got yours uh call him up go hug his neck because uh you're gonna miss him yeah yeah yeah, I'm sorry to hear about losing your dad. Um, oh, man, it's, hey, part of life is the way it's yeah. supposed to go. We're supposed to bury them, they bury us. But uh, blessed to have had one tore my butt up when I messed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been three years. It's getting easier, but it ain't ever going to be easy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, it's the way it's supposed to work, man. That's what I said today on my Instagram. I was like, what better way to honor him than to be out here sweating and working? That's, yeah. that's what he did all. So. Absolutely. That's a great message, Rusty. Thank you for appreciate that. You let, appreciate you letting me say that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, you take it easy the rest of the night, and thank you once again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. All righty, Rusty. I'll catch you later. Thanks, Chance. Bye.